0: We've been systematically looking at the book of Daniel, uh, sharing with, uh, and again, just shout out uh, to this incredible AB team uh, Paul Kaiser, Rachel Mode, and uh, Cyrus White. You guys are just, uh, I just love you guys so much. Um, uh, I was sharing with Paul earlier today. He says, Oh, goody, we're into the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel. It's like, Think you might be disappointed, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, no, hopefully not. But but you ought to know by now how we come at Scripture very substantially from what sells well, if you will. We haven't talked once about a an Daniel fast now, so it's like if, if that's kind of the angle you're going with the seventh, eighth, ninth, the 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 the, the apocryphal chapters. Uh, um you'll be you'll be surprised let's go for it uh, but what I've shared before it, it, what what Daniel isn't what the the, the collection of, of, of letters and chapters uh, to make this book what it isn't is a a, a historic uh, chronicling of life lived in Babylon uh, or Persia um, it's more like vignettes it's more like vignettes you know just just things that that See, see, as you think about your, well, as I think about my childhood, it's like I don't remember every day lived out. And it'd be pretty boring if I did because there are many summers it's just like, uh, can we just hardly even get this thing over? You know, I'm just tired. It seemed like, particularly junior high time, that just drug on. Those were dog eaters. Um, but what stands out are those vignettes. And you've heard me share those stories, and I won't go into depth, but. The things that just like really pop out of my mind. It's like I can see right now as I close my eyes. I can see right now walking up to the back of a church bus uh, with my to, 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 to see my mother because I had done something stupid and my hand was bleeding incredibly. Uh, it was profuse, the amount of blood. And I'm crying and all I did was show it to her and she took her apron and wrapped it up. Didn't ask a question. Stupid! What did you do? Oh, uh, oh, she just wrapped it up, put me in the car, got help. It's a vignette seared into my consciousness. I recall the, an incredible vignette when my world at the time was imploding. I know you guys never gone through anything. Never gone through anything. I wouldn't be you when I grow up. My world was imploding. And I go to my father, who wasn't the, the, the teddy bear kinda guy. He was, he was a man's man, he was my father. And he just gives me this big old bear hug. And he says, son, everything's gonna be all right. Suffered incredible loss. Fast forward to today, everything's all right. Those are vignettes. So, 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 I want to give a, uh, you know, it's always the fine print or the or the speedy verbiage that on these commercials that the fine print you can't read or the verbiage you really can't hear. Uh, as we examine this, that we don't burrow our face our nose on the back side of a tree looking for uh, raw moss uh, and trying to figure things out and we have a whole forest before us and that's what God is trying to uh, share with us. Uh, the last time we, include, we concluded our examination of the sixth chapter where Daniel was placed in danger and he was delivered from danger uh, from the lion's den. And the, the key takeaways for me is that um, God is worthy. Is God is worthy of our worship? Period. Full stop. He's worthy of our worship. Whether He delivers us from a lion's den or not, He is worthy of our worship. Two. The evil one and others, for any number of reasons, will do any and everything to take you out and or oh, and to separate you, us from God. And three. God is more than able to deliver us, uh, as the book of June said, and to keep us from falling. So keep this in mind as we walk through a difficult and confusing text that theologians over the centuries have argued and debated uh, over. And yeah, I guess it's time for another point. I guess I'm both amazed and, and, um, and disheartened, uh, annoyed, I guess, how easily we can we can, we can read apocalyptic text and draw such clear and uh, definitive uh, answers. Well, obviously that means that you are a better theologian than I am and I, I, I tip my cap and defer to you. Uh, I want you to recall, uh, I've shared before how one of my professors often said that the Jewish, it, it was my Hebrew t- uh, professor as a matter of fact, he said, the Jews were able to hold in tension and live quite nicely, thank you very much, both the, the awe and the magnitude of, of Elohim. She's uh, I, I, big, he's huge, he's beyond description and understanding, but at the same time, they had the capacity and the, 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 the ability and the lived experience of knowing God as Yahweh. Uh, he's, he's close. He's, he's, he's near. Uh, and they weren't confused, and they weren't frustrated. Um, so what am I saying? I'm saying our approach to scripture needs to be saturated with humility. So we look today, and I promise I won't be very for long, but we do have a uh, community to share, uh, the seventh uh, chapter uh, of the book of Daniel. Uh, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying in bed. Don't get caught up in the order. This was before what we just read in the sixth chapter, obviously, uh, and before the the writing on the wall by the the detached hand. This is the first year of the reign of Belshazzar and... Theologians speculate that it's about 14 years or so before the lion's den experience. The point is, that I take from this, is that Daniel's spiritual posture was such that he had an ongoing connection with God. Daniel had an ongoing connection with God. This this has been constant throughout the first six chapters, and we're going to see it through the duration of the book. Uh, Beginning with Nebuchadnezzar, through Belshazzar, and to Darius. Uh, before we saw where he interpreted two of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams and interpreted the, the handwriting on the wall of Belshazzar. Uh, uh, but now uh, the, 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 the issue or the, 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 confusing, the confusing or troubling dream isn't someone else's issue, it's my issue. So what's your point? Well, one of my points is you can't leave where you don't go. Uh, it's one thing to say well you know and you get it all the time I know the Lord laid on my heart that you're supposed to do X, y and Z boy if I got a dollar for every time somebody I'd be a rich man uh, said that well the Lord laid on my does the Lord lay on your heart and if he does then maybe your life would be a whole lot better lived out if you if you adhere to what God is you your girl quick to to lay on my heart uh, to, to, to drop something on me. It's another thing altogether to say, you know what, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. And I see that in Daniel. Um, and note, too, this happened while he's lying in bed. Doesn't say he was asleep, not that that's really a big point. Uh, but his posture, at least physically, is one of dedicated devotion or prayer. And I don't want to go too far out on an exegetical limb, but what this says to me. Uh, is, like Daniel, we need to be spiritually ready 24-7. Firemen, firewomen, fire people uh, are paid to be uh, ready 24-7. You know, if you're on call, yeah, shout out to Ron Adams, if you're on call, you're, in, uh, you're at the firehouse, then uh, uh, you can't say, well, you know what, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to sleep in today. Uh, can you take, take, Can you take the call? No, no, you are called, you, your responsibility is such that you have to be available 24-7. You have to be aware of your surroundings. How was uh, uh, again, Bakersfield, I got so many stories, gosh, I you know for, for a town you just drive through to get to LA, there's a whole lot of stuff there that I can draw from. One is which I did something I wasn't supposed to do, like that's a revelation. Um, but as a kid, I would washed the dishes, I had done what I was supposed to do, my parents were on vacation, one of my brothers were in charge, and I didn't tell them, and so I sneaked across the street to go play baseball with my friends. Nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's like 50 things wrong with everything I just told right there. I was giving instruction. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, my job was first base. Last thing I remember was, Mark, watch out. Next thing I know, I was on the ground, and I was a bloody mess. A ball had been hit. I wasn't paying attention. Hit my left socket of my face, my eye socket. And as the uh, ophthalmologist said, you're a lucky little boy. Luck had nothing to do with it. Uh, You should be blind. Uh, What am I saying? I wasn't aware. I was in a situation. And I wasn't aware of what was going on. My attention was somewhere else, and a screaming, hard hit ball came and planted itself on my face. So Daniel wasn't me, thankfully. Uh, but he's lying in bed, and a dream and vision came to me, came to him. And he wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me were four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up from out of the sea. You've heard uh, myself, Dr. Nyström, and others talk about the sea often represents chaos, and the the cos the, the cosmology at the time viewed the totality of the universe basically in three three categories. You had the heavens, the heavenlies, the you know up above. You had the earth where things got lived out, and you had what was below the earth, or the sea, if you will. Uh, And that's where uh, trouble was brewing. Recall that it was at the beginning of creation, where the Spirit of God hovered above the sea. And it was the sea that was agitated in which Jonah was thrown. So as you read scripture, you will see that hmm, the sea is an archetype, a stand-in for uh, uh, confusion and and things that aren't going well. The sea was obviously a part of God's creation and under his control, but it was always a a point of constant threat where you have the sea pushing up against the shore, the sand of the shore, if you will. So what else do you see here? You see the waters of the sea, the great sea, possibly the Mediterranean, uh, are turning. There's chaotic restlessness. And out of this great sea comes four great beasts. Uh, and here we go. There's a ton of symbolic representation that has led to at least two tons of speculation and has produced any number of answers. Uh, we'll get to more of this next week, but today suffice it to say that the sea is, symbolic, is it's a symbolic stand-in for all of humanity. It's a messy stand-in. It's, a mess, it's messy and cha- uh, chaotic, but it's a stand-in for all of humanity. And from our humanity rises four distinct beasts, or kingdoms, or people, verse 4. The first was like a lion, and it had wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet, like a human being. And the mind of of a human was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one side, on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth, between its teeth. It, it was told, Get up and eat your fill of flesh. After that I looked and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard, and on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given the authority, and it was given authority to rule. After that, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth, it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little horn, which came up among them and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a human being and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I shared, we'll explore this more next week when Daniel is giving the interpretation, thank God for cliff notes, you know, uh, in verse 17. Uh, The beasts were described as four kingdoms rising from the earth. And the fourth kingdom has ten horns or offshoots, and there's an eleventh horn springing from the ten. And however we slice and dice and analyze who are the four beasts, the ten horns, or the little horn, we can safely conclude one thing, that all of this represents opposition to anything good and opposition to anything God. Uh, They are frightening, destructive, and boastful. That's never a good trifecta. Uh, Verse 9. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as, was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten, th- ten, ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words of the horn, the bo- because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until a beast was slain, and its body destroyed, and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority, but they were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. His dominion is everlasting is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The Ancient of Days, that's a title Daniel uses to describe God. The Son of Man. At the same time, a Jewish title describing humanity writ large, but the title that Jesus used most often to describe himself. The first three beasts had their run, and they were ultimately succeeded by others. The fourth beast was slain, and its body was thrown into a blazing fire. That is, to say the least, an incredible apocalyptic imagery. So that's why Daniel concludes in the 15th verse, I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I'm closing. See, I told you, you might be disappointed. It's like, ooh, ooh, faster, faster. You, you, you're, you're, going, you're going too fast on this stuff. We'll, well, we'll back off the gas a little bit right now. If I'm Daniel, I'm disturbed too. If I had this dream, I had a dream. I, I had a dream. Maybe that's a good title for this. I have a dream. Had a dream. As a kid growing up, I had a horribly disturbing dream. I was being, uh, and they're supposed to be vegetarian, brontosaurus, uh, 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 brontosaurus uh, was uh, eating me. That was my dream. Every, <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on in Bakersfield, I'm sorry. It's just, but, but I was always being eaten by a brontosaurus. Um, it was disturbing. It woke me up in the middle of the night. Often I'd be crying, crying out. but was like, help, uh, help, this brontosaurus, is Let me just be clear, there's a ton of speculation and interpretation as about what all this means. Is the slain and destruction of the fourth beast with its ten horns and little horns, has it already happened? Is it yet to happen? Is the fire the same eternal fire described in the book of Revelation? I know growing up, Apoc- apocalyptic reading in Daniel, Ezekiel, some of the Gospels, Revelation—that was some spooky stuff. It doesn't spook me now, but as a kid in grammar school, it's like, oh no, oh no, this is this is worse than the boogeyman. I don't, I don't, I see. It was both frightening and confusing. So I just skim over all of that. See, that's 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 when we start staring at the back side of a tree and trying to, you know, hold up pieces of paper so we can see. It's like, oh well, if I turn way and uh, insert a little numerology and then uh, then, then this would it, and that's what it means and there have been theologians that have speculated and pontificated and predicted and they've all been wrong. all of them 100%. I'm not going there. Uh, but what I have come to see and understand that instead of being frightened it has become a source of comfort and certainty for me. I know, I know. Uh, if I stop looking at the back side of this tree and scan the forest, and to borrow from the words, not Johnny Cash, but Johnny Nash, I can see clearly now. And there are three things, at least three three key takeaways that I see. One, the world is chaotic and filled with evil. Evil people, evil government, evil intent, just Evil. There is evil everywhere. You don't have to. You, you talk about uh, men and the and 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 the, the, the insidious addiction that men tend to have with pornography on, on on the on the internet. You don't have to look for it. It will find you. You you, you don't even have to look for it. It, it. it comes boom. There is evil everywhere. Just recently, they they rescued. Uh, Close to 30 children that were being held in uh, uh, child sex trafficking. It's just evil. That's one. Two, the Ancient of Days. Yahweh, Elohim, our God. He is unquestionably in control of everything. There's evil everywhere and God is in control of everything. And three, the Son of Man, my Savior. Jesus the Christ will judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom, unlike the four beast, has no expiration date. It will last forever and ever. As the old saints would say right about now, ain't that good news. So that ain't, it just ain't that good news. So I'm closing. Uh, see, a cliffhanger type of book or series on TV is one that, you know, you were so anxious that you just can't help yourself. You want at least me. Maybe it's just me. There's a lot of things that are just don't ask, Sister that uh, There are a lot of things that are just me, and it's like I can't, I can't really enjoy. This says a whole lot, Sister Wright. I've, I'm i a, I'm a helpless and hopeless uh, Kings fan too. Uh, but when the Kings were in their heyday, and they had a, a, at least the the, the, the they teased us and they thought they were going to win a championship. I couldn't even watch them in the playoff games. I had to know the outcome before I watched the game. I know, I know, it, that is only me. But I'm not going to watch it because there's too much anxiety associated with playing the game. Um, I wanted to know who wins. The text is troubling, but it's reassuring. In the end, the Son of Man will reign, and his kingdom will is eternal. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, Paul Kaiser. I hear you, Rachel Moe. I hear you. But things and times are scary. Right now. I know. They are. And it doesn't mean that followers of the Lord Jesus Christ won't suffer. They did. won't suffer then and now. Suffering is a part of being in this, this fallen creation. That's a given. Keep in mind that it's the four winds from heaven, verse 2, that starts things in motion. And the fourth beast was slain and body burned, verse 11. The other three had already ended their run, verse 12. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is God is in control. And there is no nip and tuck, oh it looks tough here, oh well, oh, oh God's got the upper hand. Oh no, the evil one's got the upper hand. Oh no, no, who's gonna win? God's already won. It's already over, it's a wrap. We live in time and space. God does not live in time and space. He lives outside of time and space. Where is that? I don't know. And I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna worry 10 seconds where that is. But all I know is things are spoken in the perfect and past. It's like it's done. It's, it's, it's a wrap. We win. We win. So 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 if I believe, here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. And I, I I I think I promise I'm done. Diane, be patient with me. If I believe God were in control, if I really believe. If I really believe God were in control, my life would be lived so much differently than it is. We'd stop scuffling for dollars. If I believed God were in control, I would spend that time in prayer, and fasting, and meditation. If I really believe God were in control, I would move boldly trusting that he's got my back. But just like Esther, if I perish, I perish. I'm not going to be hunkered down, quivering in a corner. Oh, God, don't let COVID get me. It's like, if God is in control. Mm. Now, you've heard me before. You've heard me that God has given us wisdom. I'm not telling you to go, oh, God's in control, so I'm going to go dance on the freeway and test if God's in control. You're going to be and I'll be doing your funeral. Uh, that, that, that's that stupidity. Uh, but what I am saying is, if I really believe, oh, God, if I really believe, I mean, see, 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 uh, we we say we believe, but we don't live out belief. We we we. It's it, it, it's it's like it's like those that sign up for ROTC or the army or whatever. It's like what? But you gotta really shoot or be shot. Oh, I didn't think that was part of the gig. Uh, if I really believed God were in control, I would not. I would not even entertain the thought of a divorce in a marriage situation. If I believed you were in control. Mm. I know, I, I hear what you're saying. You just That's why it's an if, it's a big if, I believe God is in control. So here's the question, and I'm done, do you? you believe God is in control let's pray our Father our God wonderfully thankfully <laughs> you don't need me to believe you are in control but as I believe I then get to live that abundant life that my Savior your son spoke about not reacting to a wind here, or a rumor there, or, or a raised voice there. If you're in control, and I believe you're in control, Father, we have nothing but abundant life to look forward to. But Father, if in your infinite wisdom, like your daughter Esther said, if I perish, I perish, you're God. You get to determine the length, quality of our days. Father, give me the wisdom to live and be a faithful witness for you. Thank you, Father. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Amen. As so we come and uh, read scripture.
1: Hello, City Church. We're going to be reading from the first letter to Corinthians 11th chapter, the 23rd to the 34th verse. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me." In the same way, after supper he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is why many among you are weak and sick. And a number of you have fallen asleep but if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves we would not come under such judgment nevertheless when we were judged in this way by the lord we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world so then my brothers and sisters when you gather to eat you shall all eat together Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when we meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further instructions. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I pray you received your,
0: uh, you came by the... Pre-communion drive by. Uh, we could go Saturday, and you receive your communion elements. If you have, if you don't, grab a cup of water, cracker, piece of bread, uh, chicken wing. Uh, that's the what it is. Is we know it's bread. We know it's wine. Um, but it's the symbology and then what it represents. And what it represents is, and as Pastor Nate so wonderfully put it, community. What can, community? What what, and gentlemen, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sister Wright, what can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My G.L. Oh precious is the flow that makes me You, us, white as snow. This is the body, this is the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It would be about this time that we would, uh, would invite everybody to join hands. I miss that. I really miss that. I miss, that. I miss that a lot. It was a tangible act of connection. Joining the hand of the person you're next to you. So we can't do that. But what makes us one? It's not even the joining of hands, even though it makes us feel good. A Kinesthetic, tactile connection. What makes us one is the shed blood of my Savior, your Savior. Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again, we say thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to worship and bow down before you. Thank you for your servant, Daniel. Thank you for the for the, for the words and the vignettes in his book that allow us to see and, and peek through and live through and uh, see ourselves reflectively. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Now, Father, be with us. Be with us. Be with us, please, The evil one is doing his job. He knows his resume. Father, teach us to understand who we are, whose we are, and what we are called to do. We are the servants of the Most High God. Thank you for these men and women that uh, came out to, 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 to make this broadcast possible. Thank you for their devotion, their time. Father, honor them as they honor you. Bless their homes. Bless their finances. Bless their health. You're a faithful God. You're a faithful God. Protect us. Bring us back as you see fit. Thank you for City Church. Thank you for the advisory council. Thank you for our children's church leaders. Thank you. Thank you for those that come on Wednesdays to, to clean up and to prepare for that great day when we will reassemble. We love you, and we thank you. In the name of your Son, our Savior Christ, we ask it all. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping
1: with us today. Be blessed.